everybody, and welcome back to Writing the Rapids, the show where I, Joe Balecki, talk to writers about writing. Very often those writers have been recommended to me by writers who have previously been on the show, except when they've previously been on the show, then it's a rejoinder episode. That's what this is. We've got Sam Pink back. He's talking about ketchup, re-releasing some old books, the painting he's doing, and so much more. It's a delightful conversation. Sam Pink is the author of several novels and short story collections, including Person, The Garbage Times, The Ice Cream Man, and other stories, and of course Ketchup. He currently lives in Michigan, and if you don't know who he is, you're soon gonna find out. Before we get into that, I want to thank my Patreon people who are hearing this before anybody else, especially Glenn Stefani, who is my first $10 a month patron. If you too would like to become a patron, you can do so at patreon.com slash noisemakerjoe. If you want to throw me a one-time donation, you can do that at paypal.me slash noisemakerjoe, or you can just sit back, relax, and enjoy my conversation with Sam. The new book is called Ketchup, and um, it is quite good. I, I enjoyed it an awful lot. Um, I decided to buy a copy of Rontel because I hadn't read that um, before. It's one one of the older ones that I missed. And so I read that first and then went right into Ketchup. And what, what I found is that it seems like your newer work, especially if I, I think about like Ice Cream Man, um, seems a lot more content than your older work. Do you find that you are more content as a person or a writer than you were in 2012? Um, yeah, if I if I understand how you mean it, like I'm just gonna go with how I what I feel like your meaning is, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, I I would say yeah. I mean, I would definitely say yeah, but I would also say I don't think much is different, you know. Mm. So it's which is good you know right it's not there really hasn't been a whole lot of change but i don't feel the same way you know sure yeah um i also found that the end of ketchup reminded me of i think the story in ice cream man is called the stag where you it kind of like has like a sort of mystical experience kind of right at the end um and I, I I just found that to be closer to like a sort of like enlightenment experience than a sort of hyper violent sort of thing. Yeah, I I mean part of me is also just kind of like I enjoyed the idea of like you can pretty much do anything for an ending, you know. Uh, and so which makes things interesting, I think. Yeah, I think so. I I, I tend to like your endings an awful lot. I like and catch up to the sort of I don't I don't know I kind of wanted to to liken it to like a Jim Jarmusch movie but then I realized I'm, I'm not super up to his movies but like the movie Patterson uh the Adam Driver movie where he drives a bus and then writes poetry on the side um and how how ketchup is structured just like in days kind of um and it feels slice of life the way that your older work does but somehow different somehow more structured maybe just the fact that there's chapters i'm not sure yeah i think uh i always like doing some kind of like i'll call it cheap i guess like kind of simple thing like that because um i don't know i guess it just does something you know like uh not 
not overly structuring it, but doing something with it. And uh, I kind of thought like, so with that kind of job the in the book catch up, it's like you kind of check the clock and that's what you get, you know? Yeah. Your day is kind of like, oh, it's two, it's 2.56 now or it's one thirteen, And so it obviously like has a concrete meaning, but it's also kind of like totally pointless. Like it doesn't, you don't need to know that it was 3.13 when that happened, you know? Mm-hmm. But, um, uh, it's still something that like denotes time passing or maybe even that the time doesn't matter because you know what I mean? Like you look at the time and all you can tell is that it has changed. It doesn't really matter what time it is. Yeah. The, the time sort of is more relative to like everybody else's day, right? Like if it's two o'clock, you know, the lunch rush is done. Um, sort sort of thing but yeah i guess it does take on meaning you're right yeah you're right because then i also found myself like writing it around my exact hours too mm-hmm. like when i i like, oh that wouldn't have happened at seven thirteen. i would be doing this you know or whatever right so yeah and uh i mean there, there's a one point too um in the book where you specifically say like i come to <laughs> like there's a lunch rush section and then it's like 355 or something and it's just like i'm now like birthed into consciousness again that i think um... yeah i think that happens a couple times mm. but yeah that's like a i guess that is another device yeah because that shit just kind of happens you know sometimes you're like wow i've just been basically like invisible for the last however many minutes you know and now i'm like back <laughs> paying attention to shit again Right, At least that, I don't know what happens to me. Especially when you're doing something, a job that's uh, can be fast-paced and very multitask-oriented, where like at a certain point, at a certain level of busyness, your brain just has to shut off enough to just make your, you know, to be able to focus yeah. on doing the the physical actions. Right. Yeah. There isn't a whole lot of like uh, theorizing. It's kind of like you have to figure out what you need to do and then do it, you know, basically. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. But yeah, I like, I don't know. I also like, um, that's always been one thing that's interesting to, to me and like writing is how someone deals with time. And so, um, I don't know. I, I just, I like that aspect of it. It also kind of felt like it freed me up to not have to do, Cha- what like a regular kind of chapter i mean i guess there are chapters but the chapters have the time thing in them mm-hmm. and so uh, it didn't I, I didn't feel like each section had to be a certain length and it seemed like it opened itself to being like okay well this one could be a couple sentences and this one will be like actually long or whatever i i agree i think i think that the pacing it's paced very well i one of one of the things i read on goodreads as i was looking through goodreads reviews of your work somebody said something that they really enjoy how they can read your book like any of your books in like two hours and um this one i think it's is paced quite well like that but uh one of the one of the sort of things about your work that i notice is the um the dialogue and how you spell the dialogue the way that people talk and how um 
across your entire span of work, um, you manage to sort of really capture uh, that part of the country and that sort of group of people who would you who you would be talking to, and especially like rural Michigan people, um, you know, living adjacent to that, you know, several of those communities. I feel like you really captured the voice of of the people who live there very well. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's just if someone says, "I says I says" a, a lot then you have to have that in there, you know, like that's just kind of how some people talk, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, but to me, uh, it's one of the more interesting ones to try in my opinion. Like, yeah, I mean, I always try to get what I feel like is someone's way, you know, mm-hmm. but for whatever reason that, that one is extra entertaining to me. The, the storytelling, uh, manner mannerisms that people have here, and and the way that they tell them and or whatever is very it's very entertaining to me like it's it's effective because you're listening and you're entertained and it's also just kind of really funny when you break it down like some people like the the boss character that's how she talks you know like everything she says it's i says this he says that i says you know and uh that's just a peculiarity that if it wasn't there you it would make way less sense so Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, one of the things, especially going back and like reading Rontel, is like some sometimes it almost feels like it could be mean spirited, um, but then the fact that you do it for like everybody who sounds kind of you know silly is is I think um, just makes it like a a, a hallmark of your work, um, and. Uh, well, to me, like if you if you're writing about something, it stands out to you in some way, right? Right. Like some things that you don't notice, you can't write about. So how they stand out to you is how you're going to describe them, right? Whether it's visually, if that's striking, or how they sound, etc. So if something stands out to me, it's probably for a reason. And if I can detect someone's speech pattern, which I have my own for sure, mm-hmm. then uh, you know that to me is part of that experience and without it it's not it just doesn't even feel right if i'm doing it you know right yeah i mean that makes sense to me um so i think i think we the interesting little quirk of of time in our world here is i think you might have been uh working at that place like right around the time we last talked in april 2020 is that right uh april 2020 no i would have just stopped oh right i stopped working there yeah that and then that was like maybe middle of march was when i stopped so Mm -hmm. okay so when when did you start writing catch up then did you start writing it pretty quick after you stopped working there or while you were working there uh i usually have a way of like just writing shit down that i think is interesting and then piecing it together later so mm-hmm. i don't think i could even really tell you um when i started writing it 
but then eventually it's kind of like, all right, I want to see if there's anything here to like make into a book, you know, cause writing is different than a book. So, mm. um, but then I think I finished it last December, like nine, 10 months ago, 11 months ago. Okay. And, uh, how's the response been so far? Seems pretty good. It hasn't been out that long, so I don't really know, but I guess that's true. Um, I also just kind of, um, like it's like a long-term thing, you know? Yeah. I think a lot of, a lot of book shit is like, here's this thing. We're going to blast people with it for like two months, maybe anymore. Mm-hmm. And then that's it. We'll just forget about it, you know? But, uh, what I've noticed is it's just kind of, it's more of a long-term thing, you know? Right. Well, and that leads us into the next thing that we want to talk about is your re-releasing of several of your older books. A lot of the um, old um, lazy fascist stuff. Uh, And some of them have more material. Is that what I gathered? I think um, the only changes that were made was like um, formatting stuff. And maybe I think I cut maybe like in total like three lines from all of them oh okay and then um i think and then the book that was called hurt others i just added stuff in that i wrote this year too to make it like a different kind of collection okay that's what I, I wanted it to be like a basically the exact same thing type of thing but then i was like well for that one it'd be fun to just like do something different since it is like a new book you know mm-hmm. so yeah yeah Okay, yeah, I see the yellow forklift, which you sold as a standalone. Looks like it's in there. And because um, I was listening to our, our first chat today, um, leading up to this call now, and we were talking about how it would be funny to release. Um, I think I specifically said, is there going to be a, a Hurt Others remastered sort of thing? And we kind of chuckled about it. So I, I think it's funny that that sort of actually happened oh shit really yeah i i i want to say it was hurt others and then i i joked about there being a witch piss too so now i'm excited for that to happen in a couple of years <laughs> yeah the sequel thing has always seemed really funny but i didn't even know that's interesting um but i mean that, that kind of goes along with what we talked about um quickly before the show and and on the the full length episode was the the not really having a plan and just kind of going along with the flow and it's kind of coming to me at this point that it seems like your writing at this point is almost um like a collector's sort of thing because there's the handwritten chat books that you were doing for a while and and the standalone things and now that you're just sort of really kind of digging into the self-publishing thing like there's different versions at least in terms of cover art and and uh formatting and stuff that is you know you can kind of collect them all oh that's another thing i forgot we made the font bigger because Mm. for the older ones we did we deliberately made the font small to keep the price they were like i think like eight dollars or something when they came out so it was like really small font and then we made the font like normal size so they're a little bit longer or like more not longer but longer page length or whatever right but um 
yeah, I don't know. I just like doing that kind of shit. Like it's fun. And the old stuff, I kind of half-assed some covers uh, when I put them out myself. And I was like, well, I'm just going to like try to get them to look exactly how I want them to look and be nice. And then also available because the inter- um, people buying the stuff internationally, I was having problems with that. So I kind of needed some help with like the mailing basically, you know? Oh, okay. But um, I, yeah, I mean, like I like doing, it's just kind of like, it's, shit that you can't do so why not do it like make something handmade or you know put something out as just something that you print out yourself or whatever you know um it makes you think about work in different ways you know yeah yeah i think so i um oh who was it somebody somebody who was on sarah gerard who was on uh before was talking about how like all of these different aspects of uh of writing is is work or labor that we don't really think about you know um so how has your perception of your work changed since you've started doing this whole self-publishing sort of thing Mm, i'm not sure exactly i mean there's there really is a lot to consider and a lot to do, but it's, um, it's rewarding cause you can do it all in the ways that you want to do it, you know? Yeah. And, uh, it just kind of like having, just taking on more responsibility for it, like even mailing shit out, you know? Um, I don't know. It's kind of, I, I think it's good. And was, was ketchup at one point going to be put out through a press? Did I see that? Yeah. Okay. Um, did you just like decide to do it yourself or did something fall through? Yeah, it was a combination of things, but that I was ultimately just going to put it out myself as a decision. But, um, yeah, it's kind of like, it's good to be, in control of things and be able to just do them at your own pace too, you know? Right. Yeah. I think, I think I got you there. Um, I also see that you, we talked a lot about editing last time we talked and that, um, you're, you're hiring yourself out to edit other people's stuff now too. How's that been? It's been good. Yeah. It's, um, go ahead. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's been a lot more than I thought. I figured it'd be like a once in a while thing that someone might be interested in, but it's pretty good. And I also enjoy how it's helped me look at writing differently, you know? Uh, and I mean, from what I gather, people have been like, they've been pretty thankful for the work and like, uh, it just seems like a good interaction overall. So do you find that the people who are coming to you have similar writing styles or does it seem like no not at all okay so you're getting stuff that's like nothing like what you're used to writing no i mean maybe to some degree in some cases but overall i would say definitely not which is good because i'm like uh 
I had been asked about it a couple years ago, like sporadically. And, uh, it's interesting, it's interesting to learn that, uh, it doesn't have to be your kind of thing for you to do like helpful work on it. You know, it, you can look at something as an object of itself and then it's sort of like kind of answers all the questions that you have, you know? Yeah. So has that informed your editing of your own writing or has your process remained kind of unchanged? I'm trying to think of how much overlap there's been because me editing other people's stuff has been pretty recent, I would mm. say. And I'm trying to think of how much I've written like in that time. But uh, yeah, I mean, I think maybe it's like faster now on my end. But I used to like to just kind of sit around with it for a while and read it a lot and do stuff like that. And now I kind of look at it at like uh, all the answers are there. So I just kind of have to look and get it done, you know? Mm -hmm. Cool. Um, and then uh, we also talked a lot last time about your painting. And uh, it seems like one of the things I, I noted last time was how it seemed like your style was sort of like rapidly changing um and it really seems like you've kind of settled into um a couple different like ways of doing it um so how how has that how has the painting been it's been good it's been really good uh and i think uh the style thing is like i really didn't know that much about it when i got into it and i haven't been into it for that long so, uh, it, you know, it's probably more apparent all the changes cause I was just learning new things as I went. And now some of those new things have become like just tools, you know what I'm saying? Like when you first do it, it's an innovation, but then after that, you can remember what you did and use that again and maybe blend it with something else and figure out something new. So the settling thing makes sense. Cause I do know now when I approach things a certain way, it's probably going to look a certain way. Hmm. Does that feel more comfortable? One of the things, one of the problems I have with, with visual art is, is that sort of not having a lot of tools and therefore like kind of floundering around and not really knowing what I'm doing as I'm doing it. And then just kind of being relatively dissatisfied with what comes out. So do you find that like the process of making visual art is more enjoyable, the more tools you have? I wouldn't, well, yeah, if you, okay, so if by tools you mean, like I said, like experience that you then remember how to recreate, right? then, uh, I mean, I don't know, yes or no, I, I, I had fun, I had a lot of fun in the beginning too, you know, I mean, it's kind of one of those things that you don't really have to know what you're doing, it's not like you're operating a crane or something, you know, it's just like, well, I'll, I'll put some color there and I'll do whatever, and if it looks cool, then I guess I did my job, you know, mm -hmm. but uh, it does become, there's a, there's a certain level of satisfaction when you start to build more tools and kind of like meld them together and, and shit like that though, you know, it yeah. becomes like a deeper puzzle, at least while you're working on it. Especially I'm a big fan of the, the super heavy impasto stuff you're doing now. Like the, the really just tons of paint. Um, I'm a huge fan of that. I think that looks really great. Well, part of that is the other kind of tool, which is like a physical tool that you can buy, you know? Mm -hmm. And I didn't know about, um, 
like I didn't even know that there were different bodies of paints, you know. Oh, okay. And then after that, you can buy paste or like gesso that's like extra thick, and you can almost kind of like carve it, you know. Mm-hmm. So a lot of this is just like shit that I don't know, and but it's cool because then you're like, well, maybe I'll pick up this other tool and then I'll try that, and then the more like mental based tools that I was referencing come from those, you know, and so, but it's all just kind of like one big puzzle about trying to create something that looks satisfying to you, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And so for me, feeling dissatisfied is almost always the key to it because then it's like, well, what do I have to do for it not to be dissatisfying, you know? And then, then the answers are more clear. Oh, that's wise. (laughs) That's, that's definitely something you just paint over it, man. Like, you know, it's like, Oh, this kind of looks crappy. And why is that? And then you do some more shit and then, it's pretty, I found it's pretty rare that I mess something up so bad that I can't do anything with it. In fact, some of the ones that seem that like people like the most are from ones that I've abandoned and then come back to later and painted over in some way. So for me, that's kind of fun. Like, uh, you discover hidden things that you wouldn't deliberately be able to do, which kind of makes them a little bit deeper, you know, it's like farther than your mind can operate because it was an accident and then you just go with it. Mm. Yeah, I like that. I think that I'm going to need to to start thinking in that way also. Writing is like that too, man. Just just erase that shit, you know? If you don't like it, erase it. Right. Yeah, especially on Google Drive, man. You just That saves all the history so you can see every single change you've ever made. Um, oh, the other thing, I was digging through your tweets, and uh, at one point you were talking about compiling a sort of nonfiction on writing sort of thing that you were working on. Are you still working on that? Do you still have uh, a desire to do that? Yeah, it's funny that you mentioned that, because I, I actually thought about that today, and I was thinking, I wonder if it would be better to make them just use them as notes for like lectures. I've never had like a desire to do a lecture, but I wonder if it'd be interesting to just talk, like divide it into like a couple things with some notes and then talk for a while and record it, you know? Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, I mean, I um have a lot of notes written and everything, but it was kind of one of those things that I, I wasn't going to approach. Like, I'm not going to just sit down and do all of it. I'm going to add notes here and there. And then one day I'll look at it and, do something sure i got you i think i think a lecture would be good too i know that a couple small presses have been doing stuff like that and like lit reactor has workshops and stuff like that too um have you ever Well, for me it's weird because it's not something i would naturally gravitate towards so sometimes you can come up with interesting stuff by doing that you know Mm -hmm. like it never occurred to me to do a lecture but maybe that could be interesting and it's another form of something too. So who knows what would happen, you know? But, um, yeah, I just mentioned that because I was thinking that today. Yeah, I think so. I think, um, sometimes it seems like the people who have no interest in doing something are the people for whom there is the most demand for them to do it. I can, um, I mean, for instance, our our full-length episode is still on Spotify the most listened-to episode I've done. 
And uh, so I think there's quite a demand to, to hear you speak about writing. So I, I think that it would work out well if uh, you could get it well, going. That's actually kind of what happened with the editing stuff, too. I was like, I never thought to myself that I could do that, and I didn't really ever want to. And then I did it a few times, and then I was like, well, I mean, it seems like it was a good thing, and the people were happy about it and everything. And so at a certain point, if you have something of value to someone, um, it's kind of like you can get past your own discomfort with it and try it out, you know? And um, so for me, that's been, yeah, I mean, that's been good. It, it, it wasn't something that I thought, oh, this will be good for people, but I just gave it a go because I wanted to try it. And it, yeah, I mean, it seems good. And I enjoy doing it because it helps me clarify what I'm thinking, you know? Yeah, absolutely. So I, the other thing we talked about too was, was the pandemic because April, 2020 was, oh, how naive we were. <laughs> we were children um, in that world. Have you, have you found that the pandemic has, you know, and, and the amount of, uh, like downtime, uh, that was gained from that. Do you feel like that was beneficial to all of the things that you do having, having sort of the imposed more time to work on it? Or do you feel like it was detrimental overall? Yeah, I mean, I feel like it was good from from that angle, like, because, um, yeah, I mean, right around the time when it started, I was like, oh, shit, like, it's probably not good for, like, I mean, obviously, overall, it's not good, but, um, and then it was kind of like, well, it just sort of forced me to do that stuff, you know, or, or rather to rely on it for full-time money, you know, mm. to like pay for shit. I was like, well, I guess I really have no other option. And that's kind of how it was going with work too. It was like slowly over time doing work on my own was more, obviously not only what I wanted to do, but would, would make me more money than working whatever job I could get, you know? So a part of it was just kind of like, well, now it's not only something that I want to do, but it's like something I should be doing. Um, so in, in that way, yeah, when the pandemic happened, that's, I mean, it forced me to do that. You know, I was just drawing all the time and, or working on a book or whatever, you know? Good. I, I like that. Um, I like it when that happens, that the, you know, not the hobby, the artistic pursuit, like grows to the point where the only way to facilitate it growing is to focus on it entirely and the money is there you know due to it growing such that it just like makes sense it makes logical sense to do it full-time uh, I, I think I used to more than I do now I used to ask people if they thought they would want to write full-time and was generally um more often than not surprised that people were saying no um but i i just well, enjoy is i would say of all the shit that i do writing makes the least amount of money easily mm, sure yeah i believe it making money with writing is possible but it's like i don't know i think people have the wrong idea about it 
that's for sure sure i i i believe that a whole bunch like uh you know because you're you got to pay for it to get printed you got to pay somebody to format it if you don't know how to format it you got to pay to ship it uh you got to pay even more to ship it internationally probably you got to buy the isbn numbers you know whereas making a painting you pay for the materials and you go right yeah and the values are different you know i mean i'm not going to charge someone like 50 dollars for a book you know (laughs) but yeah i mean like in my experience it's been pretty natural and good like it always kind of evens out you know it everything makes sense all the interactions and like um just are always like natural and uh just sort of happen in a way that's normal and yeah then it's kind of like becomes your job in certain ways. 